Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. Hey, you may not know this, and you probably don't know this, that eyewitness testimonies, when someone's at a scene of a crime and like they see something and then they have to go back and report about it to the police or have some sort of account, did you know that most of the time it is wrong? And they did this test. They did this test with this Innocence Project where they started using DNA and they started to advocate for the use of DNA because in DNA they could get actual accounts. They found out when they went back and looked at crimes that eyewitness accounts of crimes were wrong 73% of the time. So if there is a crime, let's just put you in a scenario. You're in a car accident, you see two cars collide, and they ask you, give an eyewitness account, what you're saying is probably wrong. And so, but with all honesty, like you believe with all of your heart that you are giving a proper and true account. That is really, really scary if you think about it, because how many people have been convicted of something, in fact, they're innocent because the person who saw it did not have all of the correct details. Again, intentions were there. I want to say the right thing. This is the way I saw it, but we forget details. And if you're a dude, we're wrong pretty much all the time when it comes to details, because our sisters, man, they got those details on lock. But I'm going to do a little test with you this morning, a little test. Um, I'm going to show you a video. We're going to show you a video. I want you to follow the instructions of the video. And at the end, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Now, it's going to be silent and awkward because I really need you to concentrate the absolute best that you can. So we're going to show this. Kill the lights. We're going to show this video. It's about a minute 20 long. Let's see how good you are at this. By your giggles, I think you didn't do so well. Okay, just out of curiosity, how many of you got the 15 passes correct? Wow, that's scary. One, two, there's like maybe 5% of people got 15 passes. Okay, first of all, you messed up on the passes. Okay, how many people saw the gorilla? Let's see, gorilla. Okay, about half of you-ish, maybe a th- about a third to a half saw the actual gorilla. Okay, this is, this is for the gold star of the morning who had 15 passes plus saw the gorilla. Two, three, four of you. So think about this, all of this information, I did this test, I counted 16 and didn't see the gorilla, so you don't want me at the car crash with you. I I got everything wrong. But the details of things, when we start to process and look through, like we, we get these wrong so unbelievably easy. We miss things. And this is what's even more crazy about it, When we miss things or have a bad account of something and we start talking about that account, we are now lying. So when I, with my best intentions, my best intentions, I try to get all the details right and I have them wrong, I'm giving a false account. It is not what truly happened. So if you go home, you're like, hey man, this pastor made me watch this video and like, you know, I watched it, I didn't see a monkey and you're like, well, there was a monkey you're not telling the full truth. It's misrepresentation. And that's what happens all of the time. We do it unintentionally, and you do it intentionally at times as well. 
Maybe we just take a little piece of information that we don't want to share and we keep it out of the story so that it makes us look better or does not make us the bad guy in the story. We do, uh, you've heard, for those who've seen us or known us for a while, we do quite a bit of counseling. And one of the things you learn when it comes to pastoral counseling is that they say there's two story, sides to every story. Because when a person comes in to tell their side of the story, they're the hero. I'm the hero of the story. That other person is the bad guy. He's, he or she's the bad guy in my life. I'm doing, and yeah, I mess up a little bit, but I'm the hero. Then we take the other person and put them in the room, and that person says, well, I'm the hero. And that other person's the bad guy or bad girl. So which one is it? Because from their account, they're leaving out details. So either intentionally or not intentionally, they are giving a false account. So we've been working, for those who are just joining us either live or online, we've been working through the Ten Commandments uh, this whole summer. And we've been now coming down, we're on number nine, number nine of the Ten Commandments. And what we've been learning is that the Ten Commandments are really, really vital for us to think about and process and to instill into our lives, even though we're like, man, that's Old Testament stuff. The Old Testament is still vibrant, and we still learn, and we still live by it. And these Ten Commandments, as we've learned, the first four of them have to do with our relationship with God, like how we relate to him. The second, or the second half, or the last six, is how we relate communally, and how we then live a godly life communally together. And this one comes from Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 16. Super short verse, as most, most of these have been. Exodus 20, 16, simply this. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Let me say that again. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. God gives us 10 clear instructions that he really wants to nail us and get to us into our minds, nailed into our minds. One of the 10 is that you don't give false testimony against your neighbor. There's a weight to it because there's only 10. And this is just as heavy as the other ones. And so just in our thinking and processing through this, we immediately say, okay, false testimony against my neighbor it looks more like perjury. If I go to court and I intentionally am put into the court and I'm put on the stand and you do the swear, you swear an oath and you're before the judge, we think, okay, I have to tell the truth. You know, you swear on the Bible, we used to say, right? You swear on the Bible, right? We learned before that when we talk about the name of God in the Ten Commandments, we never swear to God because our oaths are never to be to God. It's always to be our words are supposed to be yes. We learned about that earlier. But here we say an actual oath and say it's perjury if I go under the court of law and I lie. We think, okay, that one seems a little clearer and easier for us because the odds are most of us are never going to be in court testifying. So we can get off of this one again if we think perjury. But as all of our Ten Commandments has done, is there is a statement there that has a subsection that, yes, there's this, but then there is this, which digs a little bit deeper into the core of who we are and what God is trying to explain to us. Again, a few weeks ago, we learned about Jesus. And Jesus was asked, what's the most important of all the commandments? And he summarized the Ten Commandments. He says, love God and love others. Love God, love others. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if we love God first, we then take our love of God into our love of neighbors, which means that we are going to love them unconditionally with all that we have, with all of our being, all of our heart. So loving God and loving others sums up how we do the Ten Commandments absolutely perfectly. But with our words and giving false testimony, 
or lying or hiding the truth, we are not loving others well. In fact, it's a form of hate. So if I sit down with you and I start to tell you a story about somebody and I'm a, well, I should be credible, kind of, right? I'm credible, I'm on stage, you're listening to me, I guess, kind of. So I sit down and I tell you a story, and I start to speak a truth. And in this truth, I start to say, you know, uh, Pastor Nick Jankowski, uh, you know, he's been telling you he's loved Star Wars this whole time. The truth is, is he's a Star Trek fan. (laughs) By this emotional response, you know this isn't true. But I start to give you accounts like, but you don't understand. When we were alone, he showed me his new tattoo on the back of his arm. and He's got the Star Trek insignia. I went to his house. He's got all the dolls lined up, you know. Like, I start to tell you this story, and you're like, really? I'm like, dude, for real. Like, he's, and I can convince you into the story of, like, yeah, he's a true Star Trek fan. So then you come back to Pastor Nick and say, Pastor Nick, Pastor Jason told me that you're a Star Trek fan. He's like, I'm not a Star Trek fan. And he starts to say, look, I don't have a tattoo. And we start to give these accounts back and forth. And here you are in the middle wondering who is right and who is wrong. Somebody's lying and somebody's not. And in that confusion, you can see why this starts to hurt and discredit people. Because I don't think anybody is truly a Star Trek fan. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Star Wars guy. But if you are, you know, Trekkie or whatever that thing is, right? So... So what I'm saying by this is that when we have two accounts that are differing with each other, it becomes nothing but chaos. And as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, our God never lies, so we never lie. Our God never flips the script on us, so we don't flip the script on others. In fact, it is our job to love God and love others so well is that we must always give a true account even when we don't like it And even when it's going to hurt you very, very deeply. This gets complicated. It gets hard. Because then we can put into the fact, like, let's think about this. What if you, someone you love so deeply, your child, your parent, your best friend, they are in a ton of trouble. And if you tell the truth, that child, that parent, your friend, whoever it is, is going to go to jail for the rest of their lives. Someone you deeply love. And they ask you a question Did he or she do this? Your yes sends them to jail. Your no exonerates them. Now the tension becomes a little real. Now that's a very extreme thing. But parents, have you ever lied for your children to keep them out of trouble? Have you ever, (laughs) teachers are going to love this one, have you ever taken your child's side knowing that they probably did something wrong in school and you blame the teacher? I've got a lot of teacher friends and y'all do it a lot. The fact is this, guys, like we are so in this tension of what love is, that love is I need to keep people out of harm's way, but the truth is love is truth, because Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, so that when any time that we give a falsehood or lying, that is not love in any form, because God is love. So if the truth is not in us, and we are not giving honest accounts and honest words, We are not doing anything honoring to God at any time, even if it hurts and we don't like it. What about this? You're like, hey, I don't have kids in school. I'm not a parent, and no one's gone to jail. What about this? You were at work, okay, and just so happened that some numbers got mixed up, and you got an extra commission, okay? You got extra commission on your check. 
You're like, oh, sweet, you know? And you find out that the numbers were wrong clerically and that you did not earn the money. Do you, A, go right to HR and say, and to your payroll, say, hey, this is totally messed up. I didn't earn these dollars. These are not mine. B, think, uh, not my monkey, not my circus. Too bad. I'm keeping it. Or three, do you wrestle? I think, I'm guessing, we would all wrestle with it. And if I was to guess, some of us would give it back and some of us would say, hey, that's the job. That's their fault. That, I didn't do that. You go to Piggly Wiggly, they give you the, something gets charged wrong and you didn't get charged for it and you take it back. Or do you keep it? Literally, the, I, I'm putting this sermon together. I had the most crazy... First of all, just know anything you say to me, both on social media and live, it could become a sermon. Just be aware of that. So <laughs> that's my warning for today. Uh, it's really true fact. I was just at Ace Hardware, and I had to get a couple of, like, bolts and some washers. Like, my total is, like, you know, 62 cents, right? And so I grabbed a bunch of stuff, and it's thank you so much, got in my bag. I get home, and I realize that I actually purchased a very expensive, more expensive item. It was $9 for this glue I needed, and they didn't charge me for it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, ah, what do you do, right? So my, I, you know, I'm preaching, I better do this, right? So I, I, right away in my heart, I gotta give this back to Ace Hardware. So I go back to the store, and the, there's a high schooler behind the cash register. I said, hey, um, I don't need all these bolts, I need to return this one bolt, and, and I have to return this glue to you because I wasn't charged for it. And he looked at me like I had monkeys coming out of my nose. <laughs> He says, what do you mean? I said, um, somehow, some way, like, he's going to think I'm stealing this. Like, I feel guilty for stealing it. I didn't. It was on the counter. He had put it in without ringing it up, the, the cashier. And this, so he's like, what do you mean? I said, this was put into my bag. I had it there to be purchased. I didn't realize it. That's my mistake. I need to give this back to you. And he looked at me and said, are you kidding me? I said, no, it's, I didn't pay for it. It's not mine. He goes, okay, <laughs> takes the glue back. You've had situations like that, right? And what's so crazy about when we've had these situations of being truthful, being honest, is that when we tell the truth of things, it's awkward because people aren't used to people being honest like this anymore. It's almost like this fresh breath of wind that comes into our lives when you find someone who's honest about everything. They are just truthful, and it's a big problem that we have, and the tension that we're going to continually have is that in our world, this is not normal. It is normal to lie. It is so normal to lie that in our court system, when you know that you are guilty, you're supposed to plead not guilty. If you don't know about it, look at it. It's crazy. I had to figure this out for a speeding ticket. I got once, only once in my life, never did it again, but this is true. You don't admit to something. You have to plead not guilty and let the people kind of debate it. Instead of being truthful, I should say, no, I did speed. I am at fault. But that's not even how our court system is set up. So our entire world is based around this idea that false accounts or lying is actually the better idea. This last week, a couple weeks ago, actually, excuse me, I had this crazy interaction with social media. And... And those of us that are on social media, you know it's the wild, wild west, right? Like, it is so cool to see, like, your high school friends, you know, and you have that side of the story. And then you've got this, like, everybody's opinions just flung out there as much as they want. And things are just said that are so toxic. And what's so hard about social media 
And, and our internet, obviously, there's a whole lot of lies out there. And one of the things that you've maybe heard me say before, and I'm just really passionate about, is that we as believers need to check our words as we're speaking, because the whole world is watching us and what we are saying. And one of the things that makes me sad in my heart is watching social media be a platform to be able to hurt, scar, maim, attack in the name of Jesus. And a few weeks ago, I had this happen to me. I was, and some of you know, I, I coach volleyball across the street, and we had our summer camp, and we were finished with camp, and I was talking to a group of girls, uh, some of the athletes there, and this, uh, I'm just, I love painting pictures for you because it makes sense to you. Uh, blonde hair, blue eye, ponytail on top of her head comes bounding up, boing, 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 boing. Um, mouth grinning, ear to ear, mouth full of braces. And so, and this is my teenage any teenager, mouth full of braces, I talk like this. She goes, coach, 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 coach. I'm so excited. I'm like, okay, Ella, what's up? <laughs> like, I'm going to go to the Barbie movie. My parents are taking me to the Barbie movie. You're going to go to the Barbie. You're going to go, right, coach? You're going to go to the Barbie movie. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> She's like, okay, it's going to be so awesome. And then she like bound away. And so the levity of the joke, which most of you are getting, is like, I'm a 40-something-year-old man, and like, I'm, this is just the, like the, what you do when you coach teenage girls in volleyball. This is their life, right? The Barbie movie's huge. And so I put this on social media to just say, this is the reality of coaching girls high school volleyball. It's just the levity of this whole thing. And so some of you saw that post, and, and you know, like, ha-ha, and some like, hey, you better go. We want pictures, stuff like that, right? And so it was just the levity of me sharing my life on my social media platform. And, and then it turned really dark really quick. It then turned into, I'm flabbergasted that you'd be promoting this. And then it turned into a few people who were like pouring gas on each other, riling each other up about, do you know what this movie's about? It's a left-wing propaganda, da 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 I have no idea what the movie, I didn't know there's Barbie and Ken. I wasn't gonna even go to the movie, it's this, this little girl. It's about the story of this little athlete going to the movie. But then it was just destroying me and my ministry that I would even say such a thing on my own social media platform. At the end of this, uh, I get the, at the end of this, the end of this, they posted a verse. This person posted a verse, and that verse said, Basically, I'm going to summarize it for you. Beware of a shepherd that leads their sheep astray. And I sat there, and I thought, oh, watch me type back to you. <laughs> here's, the, here's the struggle, my friends. Here's the struggle. Is that that's a false account and false misrepresentation in those people with good intentions in their heart, broke the ninth commandment. Because not one time did they even ask on a side, hey, I just wanna, Jason, are you sure it's okay for you to be, I don't know anything about it. And if they would've asked, like, I don't know what it's about. I just was, this was like before it came out, right? Just coming out. And I, and I said, I would've said, oh man, this is just about the story of my young one. And she's not churched. In fact, I'm in a ministry where there's a lot of these kids who are not churched. And the purpose that I'm doing this is that I get to share my passion with my community, be in my community, do what I love at the same time, love kids, and that they can see what it looks like for someone who follows Jesus, not inside of the church, but outside of the church. And if they want to go to the Barbie movie, I'm cool. Would I sit through it with them? Only if I get free popcorn. <laughs> the point is this. How can we use a platform like that to say 
anything like this and destroy and not say you're guilty of not of disobeying the ninth commandment because that's misrepresentation even what my post was about i'm not pro or against the movie it was about a story of a little girl with braces and bouncing hair and the funniness of this but we do this a lot and if you're on social media you've seen it and you know, I'm gonna be honest, there's times I've done it. There's times where I feel like I need, I need to be the, the voice of truth and I will come in and I'll start banging my gavel like bang, bang, bang. You need to, no one's changing their mind because of social media. No one's changing their mind on any of that. But, but the truth is, it isn't about changing minds. It's like, am I misrepresenting somebody? Because even within that text thread, they were quoting people, copying and pasting, proving how terrible it is that a pastor would not stop this girl from going to this movie. Guys, this is the world that we live in. And those are what Christians are saying. This is my first thought. This is my first thought. And I tell you this story because I want you to, to feel the weight of what the ninth commandment really feels like. My heart was broken because of how many friends I have who are liking that comment, who, who don't come here. I don't know their story. They're moms and dads, and they're, they're like, ha, ah, that's probably my girl, right? So like, it was about that story. And I'm like, now I'm associated with that. And so when I'm saying pastor, they're like, oh, you're one of those. My heart is that they look at me and they look at us and say, oh, you're a Christian. You're different. I want what you have. And it starts with our words. Our words that come out of our mouth, but also are typed with our fingers, are more powerful than you can ever imagine. Our words, both now with mouth and now with fingers, both give life and destroy. Our words, if we are truthful and honest about our words, you know that you've been destroyed by them and they are given life to you. And they are so important, so important that we as followers of Jesus Christ represent our master well. Because think of the misrepresentation when you say, oh, I'm a Jesus follower, and then you do stuff like that. You're misrepresenting what Jesus said. You may have heard the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. It's cute. It's not biblical. It's a great thought. I like the thought, and this is why. We can say, the words you say, I have the power to deflect them off of my life, and I have the choice to accept or reject. I think, you know, within the counseling world psychology, that's a great thing. But biblically, sticks and stones break your bones, and your words are knives that kill people. And that's, James says it in James chapter 3, verses 4 to 12. We're going to go into James chapter 3, 4 to 12. If you have your Bible or Bible apps, we'll also have it on the screen. I want you to see the power of the tongue, the power of what can do the damage if we do not control our tongue and our words. It is so important, followers of Jesus, that we are so very focused on the words that we say and that we are dialed into this. Listen to what uh, the author James says about your tongue. It says, or take ships as an example, talking about our tongue and our words. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, 
a world of evil among parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I mean, he's using strong imagery. Let's not go past that and not, and not own that for a second, that the smallest part of our body corrupts us and sets our course of life on fire. Verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. Your tongue is either evil or it is not. We either use it to speak life or we speak death. Either we speak truth or we speak lies. And this thing, this little muscle inside of your mouth, and then I'm going to add the little muscles in each of your fingers because in our day and age, we tend to do this more than even talk anymore, right? When's the last time anybody from Gen Z actually made a phone call? So we type. You know what's harder about typing now and social media posts, all that, is that these things come out and you can't even hear inflection in the voice to no tone. So now we have to write emails and we created emojis to try to get our feelings across. Hey, you didn't come to work today. Smiley face, right? Like... Like, we're trying to say, like, I'm not mad, but you didn't come to work today. Or we use too many exclamation points. We're trying to get our emotions and feelings across through the written word. Because now we're writing more than we're speaking. And for some reason, because I don't see you, I feel I can be more dark to you. I can be harsher if I choose to. That's what's happening. So our tongue, or our words, now with our fingers and our words with our hands, are deadly poison. We can give life or death. And James is so unbelievably serious about it. This small thing. You guys, we've had fires from Canada all summer long. The summer of fire, 2023. What's 24 going to be, right? So we've had this summer of fire where a small fire started multiple fires into hundreds of fires where thousands of acres are blown, are just getting blown out, this getting burned to the ground. And we're sitting here smoking like we're in a lounge bar, Right? You go outside, you can't see across the street. My throat is sore when the smoke came in. You could smell it in the air. And this is because a fire started. That a country and far away from the fires are now impacted by it. That a tongue is can set a small spark. And we think this is not a big deal. But I want to put this in perspective for you just so you can weigh this for a second. Because I just want us to think and be together in this moment. What if that Facebook post to me was my last leg. I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I quit. I quit. I can't take it. I can't take Christians anymore. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to go do something else. I'm done. And so I come in. I say, hey, Nick, you're not going to North Carolina. The keys are yours. <laughs> I give my two-week notice and I'm gone. The smoke of that fire impacts you, impacts our community, and because we're global, impacts our world. The smoke of that fire impacts North Carolina. It impacts the people we do not know yet because now Nick 
is going to have a loss of support from here. The waves that go through from what we say, oh, it's no big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying what I think. It all matters. Because what if that was my last moment? I sat on the pontoon and I thought, I am so tired of this. We all get there. Your words, friends, your tongue, that give life and give death. And at the same time, so often we say words, we type words, we don't even think about it. But this is where I want us to land today, my friends. It's because from our mouth, our heart is speaking. And so when your words are, bro- are broken, you are broken. I want to say this again. I really want you to process this. This is, needs a stick today. When your words are broken, when the words come out are broken, when you are lying, when you're giving false account, when you are blasting people, when you don't know the truth, when you're taking sides with a friend of someone who's bashing their spouse, but you don't even know what's really going on, like, yeah, you should get blah, 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 blah. Like, that is breaking the ninth commandment. And when our words are broken, you are broken. Because from your brokenness, broken words come out. When you walk, talk, live with Jesus and you're focused on him, you still are going to mess up because we're human. But when you live in life, you speak life. When you walk with Jesus, you talk like Jesus. And that's the whole thing that we've been talking about. These Ten Commandments aren't about God being angry or happy with you. The Ten Commandments is to transform your life into living a life in which God intends for us. Because when I speak truth and I speak life, you receive truth and you receive life. If I speak darkness and death into you, you now receive darkness and death. And so when you are broken, your words are going to come out broken. So what do we do about this? Because God's made it so clear that we're not supposed to speak falsely about each other. We're not supposed to use our words for death. We're supposed to use our words for life. We don't give false accounts. We do not lie What do we do? Here's what we're going to do today. Because as I write these things, usually the sermon comes, it's almost always, I'm convicted first of my issues. So uh, I'm like, man, how can I say this? Because I've got issues. And then I say, okay, well, they have issues too, so we'll tell them, right? So we'll tell together. We all have issues. Here's all of our issues. You know somebody that you've lied to. You know of what you've done this week, this month, this past year. You know of false accounts. You know of emails you've made. You know, you know. Right? You've been thinking through this as we're talking here. Now is the time to repent of those things. Repent, which means you ask God to forgive you and you rotate away from it. And I'm going to go one step further. Those relationships that may have been broken or things you have said, I dare you to go ask for forgiveness of them. And by dare, I triple dog dare you. Because if you have ever had somebody come to you when there's an offense you didn't even know about, it speaks life into that person, and you can speak life. It may not be the result you want. I'm not going to say that you're going to hug and hold hands. I'm saying that we as followers of Jesus need to start doing the right thing now. And if you're new to the faith journey or like still exploring Jesus, you know what I'm saying, friends. You're hearing like, man, if a Christian actually did that, I'm in. I get it. But most likely, if you're still not sure about Jesus, you've been watching a whole lot of quote-unquote Christians online and things we say and things we do. Like, you guys don't match up with what Jesus said. So those who are still exploring, I'm sorry that's your experience. We're broken and messed up. We're trying to be more like him. That's the whole idea why we're mosaic, right? Broken, unique pieces brought together and made beautiful because of Jesus Christ. 
we're not going to get it right, but we as a family are going to try really hard. And this is your time to get it right. First, repent. Secondly, if there's someone you need to repent to and ask for forgiveness, fix that relationship, ask for forgiveness. Let's start changing the world one at a time, one person at a time. Let's be known as Christians that speak life and love and not lies. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering for service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world. Visit us at mosaicwi.com.